Former Utah Athletic Director Dr. Chris Hill join us in studio for the 9 o'clock hour, but he's nothing if not prompt. He's on, he's on that whole Kyle Whittingham. If you're not 10 minutes uh, early, you're late. Yeah, Vince Lombardi was 15 minutes. So that's oh, really? Kyle, Kyle's oh, yeah. gotten soft it's in, in his, his old book. age. It's in his book that you have to be 15 minutes early or you're late. I've never seen Kyle late to anything. No, no, no. No, no, he exact everything like t- to the the the, the uh, recruiting thing. Two forty five started, which I thought was an odd time. Two forty five, two forty five. He's walking in. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's just right and in, then if in. you don't walk in, he'll call you out. Well, you walk in late, he'll call you out. Oh, there's no question. Plus, <laughs> if if you tell him he he needs a widget, and he says when, yeah. and I learned after a while about this time or about this date, because <laughs> if you said April eleventh at 1045, he'd say, do you have it yet? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so, I got you. So you stayed away from <laughs> dates and times with him. Don't you paint never. yourself into a corner. Oh, no, 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 no. He'll know. He'll know. Well, we wanted to have you in uh, for multiple reasons, but certainly the reason to pick today is because tomorrow mm-hmm. it's going to be Cal. It's going to be the Utes, 6 o'clock, and you're going to be honored. Are they going to do a pregame or halftime? Halftime. Halftime. Yep. So they can't hang a jersey for you. You're you're an XAD. Yeah. So they hang a, a banner with your name with Rick. It was the sweater. Is there any? Well, you know uh, they're going to do that. Uh, I don't know if they've told people what they're doing, so I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people oh, okay. what they're doing. Well, you, you know, so oh, they're uh, doing something. Then. They're doing something. You know, probably you know whatever. But it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's very cool. It's yeah, because really they exciting. got they got Majerus, they got the players, they've got uh, Gardner as you're going up the tunnel right, right. there. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, and Garner was before my time, but obviously I covered the Utes all those yeah. years and was there, and you always saw that. Right. And it always, I didn't know who he was, but looking at that thing for 10 yeah. years, you end up yeah. knowing. Yeah. I mean, that 50, 100 years from now, people are going to say, hey, Chris Hill. Well, it's kind of, I told Dave on the, the air the other day that, you know, it's a corny thing that's cool for me because my grandpa coached at Rutgers for 32 years, one more than I did. He passed away before I was born, but... You know, the most valuable player award is called a Frank Hill Award, and there's big, big, big stuff when you go and recognize him. And I go into my guys from practice and be able to say, that's my grandpa. Yeah. So I'm hoping now that my grandkids or other people be able to say, well, that's Poppy, and tell their friends and stuff. So it's really great. It's a a great thing and matches anything, I think, that they could do for me, which is just wonderful. You're going to get emotional? Uh, I usually, my oldest granddaughter says, Poppy, are you going to get emotional? You always do. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. It depends. You know, it depends on the moment, you know, whether I'm going to be a real wise guy or if I'm going to be emotional. I can't I thought you've held, you, you know, in the retirement press conferences yeah. a little bit and then the bus, I thought you held it together pretty good. Yeah, yeah. A little up and down, a little up and down, but I'll do my best. You know, I don't want to ruin the game. Yeah, there you go. Not going to be a Jersey wise guy? Well, maybe a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I was thinking. says you can't help it. Yeah, I know. I, Not and, you personally, all Jersey right, people. Yeah, the Manny Hendricks. So, so I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to wear a dress shirt and regular shoes, which I have, you know, I do that four times a year, and this is one of the four, which says how important it is. Dress, dress, how do you think? Would that be good? Down in Should I say that or not? I don't know. That could be my, one of my wise guy ones. So, you know, Whatever there's, works. A, there's a lot of truth to that, too. You know, I have dress sweatpants on today. These are my dress ones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta take a break here. We're a little behind because we went long with uh, David Locke in the last segment. That one last question I should have never asked PK. I know, but I wanted to know. <laughs> I wanted to know. All right, more with the former Utah athletic director in a minute. Plenty of topics to hit with him, and we'll do that in the nine o'clock hour. Stay with us.
DJ and PK brought to you in part by Minky Couture. What are you giving your Valentine? Make it a special personal gift from Minky Couture. Learn more at MinkyCouture.com. Former Utah Athletic Director Dr. Chris Hill in studio with us for the 9 o'clock hour. We've got a lot of different stuff to talk about. A little bit about the good old days. A little bit we want to borrow your vision to kind of uh, see what you think of some of the headlines we're reading. Get your spin on it. Because there's probably parts of the puzzle that we are missing that you are dialed into. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're being honored at halftime of the Cal game. And 31 years of service at the U. And I'm sure whenever Ute fans talk to you, everybody hits you up on, what is the best memory? And there's <laughs> yes. cool, and I've heard you talk on this before, and I know that one of your favorite memories is uh, the late Bruce Woodbury lying to you and Liz about swinging by his house because it was on the way. Yes, yes. Because he was driving home from Laramie, and he'd had enough, quite frankly, and he didn't want a five-minute detour. No, no, So no. those personal moments behind the scenes, those are golden. Yeah. But I don't know that the public appreciates them as much. No, no, they The people in the circle Mm -hmm. thrive on those moments for years after that. It's a classic. Oh, yeah. That story will never die. Never die. Four o'clock in the morning, what do you know? (laughs) So that's kind of in the private sphere. Then in the public sphere, you've got, you probably get asked, Final Four, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl, any of which were amazing. I mean, you got one Final Four in 50 years, that, that 98 trip. The, the bust in the BCS literally was supposed to never happen. Right. And yet it did. Right. And then the Sugar Bowl, it certainly shouldn't happen no. twice in five no. years, and no. yet it did. So they're all amazing for their own reason. Does one stick with you more than the other? Uh, I would think the uh, – boy, that's a tough question. There are games that are not in that exact group that stand out more on the way to that group. So you beating know, Arizona the, in a regional final? Beating Arizona was like – I turned to my wife and said, my hell, this is as big as it gets. And then we wind up going to the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. So it's hard. The Sugar Bowl game was maybe the most fun because we just came in and kicked them, and it was a blast. And the Fiesta Bowl was a little bit of different kind of pressure because here were the first people, oh, they don't deserve it, who's kidding who, you know, and we're playing Pittsburgh, and we wanted to play somebody bigger. So the only thing we could do is beat the heck out of them. And so you're sitting there going, man, if we win this game 21-10, everybody's going to say, oh, geez, you know. And we – we clocked them. And then the, ma- the Final Four was just magical because the best day in basketball ever is winning the semifinal game at the Final Four and having the next day off and, you know, seeing Basket. Stanford people with checks over their face and putting U- over their shirt and putting Utah. So, boy, they were they're just great days. Just, I mean, boy, it's hard. I don't know. What do you think? What was yours? <clears throat> I uh, gotcha, huh? Yeah, yeah, probably probably the Sugar Bowl because I was more surprised by it than anything. I, I was pretty surprised by the Arizona game. Not so much that you won, but oh it was my. so easy. Oh, my God. You destroyed them. They, uh, they didn't yeah. know what to do with the triangle, too. You pulled away, and it was, you know, I, I knew you might win. I would. I didn't pick you. I knew you might win that game. I never thought you were going to blow them off the floor. Yeah, they, did, they didn't have a lot of T-shirts to sell at the arena. Now, <laughs> you know, well, well i got to ask you guys a question. In, during Urban's time, what was the— he and I were together this fall, and we were talking about what's the most significant win we had uh, in his two years. Now, this is just Urban Meyer and Chris Hill, so that doesn't really matter. Most significant win? Significant. Made, it, made us realize we could be somebody. <laughs> I think uh, shutting out BYU down there, 3 nothing. I thought it was the uh, – I remember talking to your longtime PR person, uh, Liz Abel, after you played A&M at home. Yeah. And annihilated them. And another one where I thought, 
I think it's underestimated how hard it is for people to come here. I think you can go through the Utah and BYU right. media guides, right. and there are a lot of teams that have come here at Elevation and gotten beat. Uh, but they got beat pretty bad, and they were supposed to be pretty good, and they were all right. I think they ended yeah. up seven and four that year, something like that. Uh, and I remember asking her after the game, "Are they not as good as I thought? Or are you much better than I thought?" And that summer, we'd already been talking about yeah. somebody came out. Was it Morgan? Maybe, but it was some player who said who's talking undefeated season. And at first, Urban was, "Oh, the media's luring him into," and then he's just spun on a dime and embraced it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And so. And so there was all this talk about going undefeated, and I still didn't think you were just going to annihilate AM like that. So I would say that game. Yeah, we both agreed uh, uh, totally that it was the Cal game his second year. His oh, first really? year. Prime where time. It was packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just exciting. It showed all. And, and from that point on, it was like, boom, it was just history. So we, and it was packed house and blah, blah, blah. But that night. was only our opinion, which really wouldn't matter much. It was a Friday night. I yeah, don't know what like, night it was. It was I just remember no, it was prime time. time. It was down the right hand side. And it was a weeknight. It was fabulous. It was so. Friday night. Anyway, yeah. I watching, Alex's first game, uh, the the Cal game. I remember watching it from mm. the uh, downtown uh, San Diego Marriott. Yeah, there you go. Because I was covering BYU and they were playing the next day. And you were getting your points, so it's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he knows. Team was staying there. Bingo. Too. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, but if they hadn't, I still would have. Yeah, yeah right. you still would have. <laughs> Uh, I remember you played Cal in Oregon. Like, in, was it either consecutive weeks or two weeks out of three? You had Pac-12, Pac-10 at that point. Teams in and then beat them both. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. big. And the that Cal was game was were, the one where they brought in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. He didn't start that game. Yeah, something else. Played. Something else. But anyway, that's history. Nice. Dr. Chris Hill joining us here in studio. Uh, so of all the uh, of all the things that happened. Uh, when you were there, is there a moment that's important to the program that isn't a game that you take pride in? I mean, you're, you're being honored for 31 years of mm-hmm. service, and so from hiring a coach to building a facility to, you know, those are all non-game moments, and yet they're really important moments. Yeah, I, it, that's easy for me. I mean, the the tension, the anxiety for about three or four days when we were right on the cusp of getting into Pac-12 was sure. absolutely no question. Yeah. You know, that was a, a fun a fun time. I, I look back on it. I, mean, I snuck to San Francisco to meet with Larry one time. We we're going to meet in a restaurant. He says, well, let's go meet in a law office. And I went, ooh, this could be better than I thought. You know, so I get there like four hours early, and I'm walking up and down and trying to figure out I'm nervous as heck you know and I'm trying not to get you know people know but you know I was delivering the message for us in Colorado because if they got caught they'd get in trouble we got caught everybody go oh well it's Mountain West they want to be there so that was an unbelievable moment in so many ways it was just you know four three four days at the very end it was tense the whole time but the very end was just fun because we kind of knew we were going to get in or we were pretty sure once Texas, you know, pulled the trigger and didn't go, which most of the people in the business told me they wouldn't go. So that was nice. So that was it. Can't one, complain. One of the things I think that has got to be stressful, and we've been talking about this with the basketball, and you told us in the commercial break you were at the game last night, and and Utah has had such a glorious mm-hmm. basketball tradition to where we, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about it for years. You can go every generation, no matter how old you are, and it's experiences some extreme highs. Obviously, Final Four would mm-hmm. be right up there. But there's all great times, no matter how old you sure. are. And here we are looking like, unless they really pull it together, 
that they would not make the tournament for four years in a row, which, you know, they've got all these facilities and everything, and they're in the conference, so it seems unimaginable. So my thought for you, to me, because of the youthful nature of the program, I think Larry should get it next year, but they're somewhat debatable about that, and I'm not going to ask you whether Larry should be fired or not. What I want to know is how do you know when it's time to make a change at coach and a coach because you've done it I think what two three times in football three four times in basketball and by and large they were the right decisions well you know I'm a little naive on this you know there's all the measurements and attendance whatever but this this is simple and I told the staff if you ask yourself this question if if the coach came in and announced said I'm going to retire or I'm going to resign would you be happy would you kind of not care, or would you be dancing on the tabletops? Uh-huh. And I tell you what, you know that. I mean, you're sitting in your building here, and there's probably some people. If they they resign, you'd say that's great, you know. <laughs> and, and if they and if they w- want to go, and they're great, you're oh my god, what am I going to do? Uh-huh. So you really kind of you do all together, and you really have to ask yourself that question, you know. After all, you know, and how they're doing defensively, and do they have people? Go- you have to have all those things checked. And you get down to the kind of end, and you're sitting there going, okay, this person came in and resigned. How would I feel? And you think, man, I'd be relieved. Then you have to be honest with yourself. You say, well, I want to give him one more year for this or that. And all of a sudden you say, well, Louis is, is, is our starting uh, offensive guard in football, and I'm going to go tell his dad that, you know, I know your son only has one senior year coming up, but, you know, I know our coach should go, but I don't want to take any crap from the media. So I'm just going to let your son kind of have a bad senior year. So it is that corny. You know, you get down to it, and, you know, there's not a decision I made with letting somebody go that, that it wasn't obvious to me. You know, it, it just, you know... Because you know, you yeah. know, and I, half the time you open a hood and it's not as good under as what you thought. So, you know, it, it's, it's not, I don't want to trivialize it because there's all these other things, you know, attendance, money coming in, all that stuff, you know, how the kids are doing in school, all that. But you kind of add that up and it's a decision. There are a lot of decisions for the Pac-12 to make as a conference, and there are a lot of stories out there about uh, schools losing money and the conference falling behind in revenue. And PK asked me a question about the TV deal the other day that I was surprised was still a question in his mind, and he was surprised it was an answer in my mind. We want to run all those by you. We will do that next. DJ Mm -hmm. and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah Athletic Director, former Utah Athletic Director. Man, it's hard for me to say that even now. Dr. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hill. A, uh, I've been here a long time, and you were the ED the whole know, time. You I got know. hired a few years in front of me. It was all yeah, I knew. Yeah. Former Utah Athletic Director, Dr. Chris Hill, in studio. Going to be honored at halftime of the Cal game uh, for 31 years of service. Uh, but we didn't want to spend the whole time looking back. We want to spend some sure, time good. looking forward. There are headlines out there. There are storylines out there. And I'm curious what you think about attendance in college sports. We know the home viewing experience is so cool. I don't have to pay for parking. The stuff's much less expensive in my fridge. Yeah. The HD screen is awesome. The replays are awesome. I can channel surf if the game gets bad. I can watch one game right after another after another. We know all of that. And that impacts everybody. But then I see a couple schools, Stanford and UCLA. <sighs> I saw a Stanford game and I thought there are ten to 15,000 people there. Uh, you know I rooted for San Diego State forever, mm-hmm. and they got attendance issues mm-hmm. playing in the stadium way, way too big, and they're going to rebuild it. And I thought, that's a San Diego State crowd. But it's, it's the Pac-12. Yeah. And yeah. I asked Dirk Facer, 
Or I was talking to Dirk Facer about it. He said, did you see that? He said, not only that, I know somebody there from all the years of traveling. And I called and asked, and they said it was 12,000. That you're exactly right with the 10 to 15. And the Rose Bowl, acres of empty seats. Can you recover from that? You had to build the attendance. We were talking about those Cal right. and Oregon games in the last segment. You gave away tickets. It was a frozen yogurt place, I think, you partnered <laughs> with. And you gave it away to get people to experience. They sure. had a good time. They came back. Attendance took off. How confident are you? Because that's a bad look for the conference at a time. We can right. get to the other negative stories, but that's a that's a bad look for the conference. It's a terrible look. And, and, and uh, our league happens to be one of the ones that it's going to be a struggle with. And I don't want to downplay other places in the country. But there's a lot to do in the towns in this city. And there are a lot of pro teams you think about that in the mm-hmm. SEC, there aren't pro teams in their city, and they can drive. You know, if if we could drive to uh, LA reasonably, like four hours, you know, UCLA would have a lot more attendance. Yeah. But you know, uh, I'm worried about it. I, I think you're right. I think men's basketball's in trouble uh, in general, especially uh, you know teams that aren't doing great. And but Stanford is is an awful thing. They were ranked. One year with they and Arizona were playing, it was not quite that empty, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, the, you, nowadays you got to win big to have people want to go, or you have to have the right size stadium so it's a valuable product. And most uh, football stadiums are shrinking. Uh, basketball arenas are way too big. When we put the uh, curtains up there in the basketball, and you had seven thousand people there, it's really cool, you know. So uh, I'm really worried about it. Uh, I think. Unfortunately, not everybody can win. So if you win at a high level, people are going to go because they can celebrate and do things they can't do at home. And that, again, is uh, not an easy thing. But about the marketing and all that, I, I, God bless them, and I think that's great. But if, if you don't win, I mean, you'll see with these guys here. You know, the there'll be empty seats that people don't want to come to. But when they win, man, it's nuts. Yeah. You know, when they lost Haywood and all of a sudden Mitchell became somebody, boom. Woo. All of a sudden the marketing yeah. was better. Not to disparage the marketing people. but No, but you know, I, I've, winning I've, is the best marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, And everybody can act what they want. Greg Marsden always said, hey, we were never any good in, in gymnastics and never went to the NCAA championship years ago. Nobody would come. Right. You right. know. Everybody loves a winner. Doesn't matter yeah, where you are. Right. Who you are. Yeah. Let's 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 make that clear. <laughs> make sure you find ways to win. You know, right. the last year or so, the conference Pac-12 has really been taking a lot of heat. I mean, there's been a couple of guys in the media that seem like they're they're after them, and they're not going to rest until Larry Scott is buried, metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that he you know he gets clobbered, and part of it, uh, unfortunately, I was one of the more feisty ADs about certain things. And I just, I kind of believe that there wasn't a chance for those of us on the ground to think out loud with them. You know, we, we got the contract, uh, you know, late night is what the biggies need. They paid us, we need the money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there seemed to be no adjustment during the whole thing. We're gonna have these six uh, stations, regional stations, we're gonna have this. Can I ask the question, uh, maybe if we reduce the price at Comcast, would that help DirecTV come in and we still make the same money but get more exposure? Gotcha. That can't be asked. No. No, it can't be asked. Like and You got you know, reprimanded, you, basically, didn't yeah, you? you got, yeah, you got enough money. And, and you're looking at our, our local, our games. Uh, we play Colorado. Why can't we split uh, the sponsorship? We all know those sponsorships aren't a lot at those games like that. And can we just send a 
it back to our Learfield and have them sell it. And maybe we make more money there. That's what the uh, Big 12 does that. They have third-tier rights that are owned by the schools, and they do it on their own air. But, you know, the good side of this is you can get Pac-12 games a lot of places in the West, you know, but you also can be disappointed, you know. Kathy and I went someplace my first year out, and we went to uh, – I like him, Jimmy Buffett, and so we went to Jimmy Buffett in in Orange County, in the, yeah, yeah. whatever, not Orange County, L.A. with Universal to watch the game. I thought, wow, that's interesting. And there was a soccer game on TV on the Pac-12 network, so I was really confused that our football. <laughs> no, I'm not. So anyway, that, but the problem I think is that we have to accept where we are as a as a. A geographical area for mon- money. We're not going to get what they get at some of those places. <laughs> and we also got to figure out that, you know, the school's got to help support. Is it worth the University of Utah to put four, $4 million into our program or have us be bad? You know, I mean, uh, people that are on the faculty, people like that, cringe at that. But at the end of the day, frankly, they always tell me, if, you, if you're going to have a program, you better be pretty good. Yeah, no yeah. sense being bad. It's It's worse than anything. Sure. So I'm curious with the TV deal and going forward, because the game times and not knowing the game times is one thing it seems like all season ticket holders complain about. Right. So why not use kind of an NFL model where, because I think going into the season, you largely know who's good, who's mediocre, and and Mm -hmm. where the best games are going to be. Right. And so how come you can't put a couple games and say you're going to be in the 130 slot-ish Right, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the five or six o'clock slot because you're Oregon. Right. So when you play Washington, you play USC. We already know those are the marquee right. games, and and you're okay. So we're going to need you in the eight thirty slot. And you could kind of lay out the schedule. And if you gave ESPN and Fox, I don't know, five or six of those flex dates like they do yeah. for Sunday Night Football, then people would at least ballpark know. Is even that kind of stuff? Can you discuss that? Well, that's the trouble. At least when I was in in the group a couple of years ago, is that. You'd think that was a good idea, mm-hmm. and then it couldn't go anyplace. You know, and the presidents, God bless them, they got a lot worse to worry about than TV slot sure. times. So it kind of, you know, uh, you know, one of the big disappointments is you couldn't c- come in and see these ideas. And it was it's unique for me because my my son, who's he's a lawyer but not doing it, he's uh, with ESPN with strategies. You know, he's in the table when they talk with DirecTV with ESPN. And he would tell me stuff, and I'd just roll my eyes. i go, oh, my God. And uh, <clears throat> we need a partner. We need a, we need a big guy partner, big boy partner, because they can pressure. You know, ESPN or Fox maybe can pressure DirecTV to, to cover us or sit down with the Pac-12 knowledge people and say, listen, we're used to selling, and this is what it's going to be worth. And there are no tricks. I always tell everybody, you're marked at your ratings, you're this, mm-hmm. you're that. I mean, you know. Everybody has the numbers. Everybody has the numbers. And, you know, you guys are lucky. You're one above the number you need, and you drop one more, you guys are done. But, you know, it's nice. Yeah, that's for sure. That was yeah. a wise guy thing. Okay. No, I got, yeah, I got it. I got no, you. Yeah. We live it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, winning and losing is the same thing. Yeah. 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 It's, the principle's uh, the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that uh, – that that concerns me, you know. I've been a Pac-12 guy my whole adult life, Pac-10, obviously, <clears throat> and we hear of stuff that right now, okay, the gap is this, the differential between b- the other conferences, obviously SEC and maybe Big Ten and so forth. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm making a no- uh, uh, my fingers and hands apart here that you can see in Radio Land. I'm showing a distance between the Pac-12. and Well, the it other was conferences. 10 million. It's supposed mm-hmm. to go to 40. So, I mean, yeah. where are we going yeah. with this? What can be done? Because if it's if it's not good now, 
Well, tomorrow, metaphorically, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The logic would seem to be that would be the case. So what can what can the conference do to mitigate that stuff? Well, they, you know, we got to do something with the TV and stuff. But we have to admit that we're not going to get there. But if you're close enough, right, right. there are enough good players. Right. Big-time coaches, if you look at all the coaches that were hired this year, there wasn't a Power 5 head coach that went to another. So you're not going to lose a coach that way. Well, Leach did. Yeah. I mean, okay. But in, in a way, that's kind of... An outlier. Uh, I think. Thank you. He's an outlier. He's an outlier, right? (laughs) And, you know, so the trouble is losing your top coordinators. That's what's going to happen. You know, and I think that's a struggle. Uh, You're going to have defensive coordinators who are making two and a half million, and they're going to say, you know, I'm not going to go to another job. Yeah, I mean, go to Alabama or Georgia. This very week, ASU lost a defensive coordinator to Syracuse. Right. And they want to say, oh, he, they say, and I'm a devil, Sun Devil, so I'm paying attention to it. Well, he's going to be closer to home. His mother lives in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's closer than well, Tempe. That's, yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, you, you don't do your research because then you really understand what's going on. <laughs> you know? But, but it's getting a pay yeah. raise. Yeah, and it's a pay raise. Maybe it's a chance to see that maybe that team's winning or whatever. But it's a pay raise, and they're going to stay there. And if the guy's got another offer, they got coffers, they said, ah, here's another 400000 and we love you. Yeah, You know, yeah. here's an extra car. We love you. Right, right. And so, you know, there's enough good players out there that I have some faith we can be good. But uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna make a real pressure on what coaches you make, which is, you know, the problem of what everybody's paid. So, you know, we need antitrust somehow. I don't know how we do it. Yeah. Are there uh, coaches you think as this money gets huge? Where at some point it's more about quality of life and people want to stay in the West because they're from the West. Maybe we see a little bit of that with Kyle Whittingham. You see a little bit of it with Chris Peterson. Uh, but is that a trend that'll trickle? It will always be a handful of head coaches, or will it become most head coaches and even lots of coordinators. Once you're realizing I'm making a million bucks, I might as well live where I want to live because of family, whatever. Well, it's about winning, right? Yeah. And uh, your career lasts longer if you're winning, and you're in a place you got it figured out, like Kyle does. I, I think, you know, things could always change with injuries and another coach come in, whatever. But Mark Few is the example. Okay. Got it going. Not making as much as somebody else. Loves where he lives. You know, that's why I said, uh, you know, power fives don't leave. Now, if, if you're going to go from one place to, like, the five top ones that are always winning big, that may happen because, you know. But if you're making what these guys are making, it's got to be a lot to move you because you just go back and you leverage your AD and your president and you make another half a million dollars and we call it a day. <laughs> How much is it its perception? Because it seems like nationally anyway the the Pac-12 gets dumped on and just the fact that it's not on direct TV seems like mm. well you're not big time yeah that's why i said we can you can you look at another way of funding the comcast and the direct tv and I understand yeah. you know can we have that discussion cuz you know uh, my son and i would talk about it. I said okay so you put your home up for sale it's a wonderful home you love it you care so much about the home but nobody's bought it in four years maybe maybe you have a price too high mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and Probably. so you know i mean that, that's the deal you know and and with having no leverage except us by our own sounded like a great idea and you know yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to beat the heck out of you know Larry but uh, you know it, it things really changed it might have been a good idea right about then but we were we just missed the curve where you could do some things on your own but it's happening TV standalone stations don't exist right yeah they need some support and you know I, I do think that people love living in this area and 
you know, we're from Jersey. Would you want to live in Jersey and, and make more money, or would you rather live in Utah? You yeah, know? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my deal. Yeah. So scheduling is a huge question mark, and it's really dicey because you have to do it so many years out. But there's a logic that says you've got to bring in big-time opponents because that's why season ticket holders want tickets, and that's what brings them. And then there's a logic that says, well, if you lose a non-conference game, you know, the, it's like the whole league was sunk because Oregon lost uh, right. Auburn. Now, that wasn't even a home game. That was a neutral right. site right. game. But it was like the whole league was <laughs> sunk right from week one. Uh, yeah. so, so you just play a bunch of patsies and pile up the wins because they just take the four teams with the most wins anyway. Strength of schedule right. might come into play if you're 12-1 and and they're 12-1 and who had the tougher schedule. Maybe then. Yeah, if you're a Pac-12 team, and you you get good attendance. Uh, you know we we were able to play a, a lesser schedule than a UCLA because our our folks are uh, understand the big picture and et cetera. But you go three and zero to start the year. You're nationally ranked no matter who you play. You know we beat Weber the year we went to the Sugar Bowl, and not by a lot. And so if you wanna if you're Utah and you wanna play in the championship game, you probably know that you're not gonna go undefeated. In the Pac-12, you know that would be. You guys are nodding your head. I hope you agree. Well, nobody has since it's gone right. to 12. So the odds are going, you know, and if you have two losses, there's you're, no way a Pac-12 team is going to get in. So the question is, if your goal is to go to the championship, which maybe is is growing more and more and more, which I hate to see, you got to be three and zero non-conference in the in the Pac-12. Now, if you're you're going. To play in the Rose Bowl, which you know, some of the people said, "Oh, I don't want to go to the playoffs. I want to go to the Rose Bowl." I felt the same way as a fan, uh-huh. you know. But you can always play a tougher team then to help you grow a little bit and make your schedule and help your attendance. So it's kind of like, unless if your goal is to win the uh, go to the Rose Bowl, then you can toughen up the schedule. Yeah. Mark's done that, and I kind of like that. You know, because the odds of going through a season with only one loss with the type of teams we play is really, really hard. You know, and then winning the Rose Bowl game is hard. So, I mean, the uh, Pac-12 championship. Right, I got you. So, you know, it's so you. What is your goal? You like seeing Baylor and Florida? Yeah, yeah. I I think I was when I when I first was in there. I'm saying, you know, we we just got to win. You know, we can't go one and two in non-conference and then face the schedule because fans aren't going to understand. And and you don't want to say this disparaging to the players. It takes a while to fill a football team with Pac-12 players. You know, and, and you don't want your your butt to be clobbered those first years because then you you know we always said we, we just don't want to be in the Pac-12. We want to be somebody, you know. And it's it's proven out that we didn't schedule ourselves where we were going to get damaged. But I think it's time now to maybe play another a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, and I agree with what that that. And we scheduled Baylor before I left, and I thought, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you see changes coming about in terms of maybe expanding so we don't we have to worry about that, the non-league? Basically, it'll be irrelevant in a sense because they'll have, if you win the Power Five, you're going to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's what everybody wants. Again, you, the, 
the careful part is, of course, all the older bulls are dead. I mean, they're they're just. I can say it now because you know, I Christmas Day we played in Las Vegas. And I got in trouble with them because I said, you know, nobody's coming. It's Christmas Day, and our stadium's Rice Eccles, and Rice and Eccles aren't coming. So you tell me, all right? <laughs> and so you literally you know, said that to them. Oh yeah, yeah, and that, they, <laughs> they, yeah, that was my trouble, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, my staff said, you better send them a bunch of shirts and T-shirts and all this stuff, and tell them we're really going to sell it out and blah 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 but i i couldn't resist i'm going you guys don't tell me we're going to fill this place on christmas eve or christmas day please oh i remember that yeah we try everybody's trying to say that and i'm going you know and so i said i was honest as hell and i had fun with that line so well they got off of that day there's no yeah yeah, but it was a joke but anyway back to the thing i'm afraid that you know the more you go i think it makes some sense uh to have every power five champion go right but does that diminish the regular season even more and more and more? You know, I hope not. You know, like basketball's had so many in now that the regular season is important, but not crazy important. Yeah, but I think we're college, we're football crazy. Oh, and, it's going to be there. College oh, football no, is no. so everyone makes such a big deal about it. Yeah, so, I, I might, yeah, we're going to be. I actually at, think it can enhance it. Oh, we're going to be at then eight. You can play real yeah. games in the non-conference and not have to sweat it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it'll go to eight. You know, now with all the pay the players and all that, which is important nowadays, you know, you're going to dump another game, although it's only on four more teams, uh, and not provide more resources for them. It's not as much a money grab in my mind. It's just that's the right thing for college football right. to play eight games. Right. You know, I mean, why does the SEC need more money? <laughs> yeah. Raiders are putting an NFL stadium in Vegas. Is that going to be a boon to football? With the Pac-12 title game and neutral site games early in the season, the way Vegas has been a boon to college basketball, especially the conference tournament. I think that has a chance. You know, I was I was uh, lost on a one eleven vote because I wanted the championship game to be at the highest home field of the highest ranked team. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, because I felt it would be a packed house and et cetera. But, and I'm being, again, a little uh, hopefully not negative, but it was like cool to play at a pro stadium or cool to play at, yeah. you know, that type of thing because all the other big leagues were doing that. And I thought, you know, this gives our chance to the very best team to win the league championship because they earned to be in the blessed place and have our best league champion be there for the ranking get in so but uh, i mean i think it's it's going to be great because vegas people go to vegas you know and uh well not me because the vegas people don't let me go anymore but uh i think it's a great opportunity it's the one thing i can't conceive it and it's century locate all those things that happen yeah Yeah, they've created a little bit of a following because i was concerned originally with basketball Mm -hmm. but it's been fine. I mean, yeah. especially with if Arizona's halfway decent because yeah. that's all they yeah. got there. Yeah, and, it's yeah. Uh, spoken like an ASU guy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I agree with you. Well, I I don't like either of those places, especially <laughs> global warming. It's oh, I'm a politician. <laughs> global warming. I don't want to live in Arizona. You gotta be kidding me. All parts of the year you live there. Well, yeah, for two months maybe, but um, no, maybe three. But it, it's uh, an interesting concept, you know that that it's centrally located. People want to go there, and they can also. Sit here in Salt Lake City, and you're you don't get a buy to first round. You win. You say, "Hey, let's go." It's right. Thursday now. Let's go. Yeah. Right. You can go. Right. Right. You know, and you can do that in San Diego. You can do it in a lot of places, which you know. we've seen and you've yep. seen over the years with the Whack Mountain West that happened yep. all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Any time Wyoming won, the amount of yellow that showed up on Friday and Saturday yep. was through the roof. Yeah. Absolutely. 
A few more minutes with former Utah Athletic Director Dr. Chris Hill next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. A few more minutes with former Utah Athletic Director Dr. Chris Hill. So uh, if you could just wave a wand right now. You're the commissioner of college sports. What would you just fix in a heartbeat? You'd do this. It would be better. Even if you had to take grief in the short run, it would be better in the long run. Well, you know, if if you're saying, I'd I'd uh, I said this off air. Uh, first of all, I'd figure out how to get some kind of antitrust or something like that. I've been dreaming about it, but you know, college coaches' salaries, uh, commissioners now ads, uh, we have you know made a lot of money more than uh, faculty can handle, and that's the problem with. Paying the players, it's connected. Although they're two different things, you know. Twenty years ago, you know, players worked. I think just as hard from my chair. In fact, didn't have the benefits of free meals and this and that and whatever. But that's going to be as popular talking about that as nothing. So uh, the reality is, I think somehow have to figure out how to keep salaries somewhat in control. And if I were in the Pac-12, I'd be saying, God, we got to figure that out. Now, everybody says just just unilaterally disarm. We talked about winning and losing a little bit ago. You know, that, that's a ticket to yeah, have luck. the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. And presidents are smart people, and ADs, I think, are smart people. And we haven't been able to figure it out. Because like we said earlier, coach comes in, leverages, says, hey, I'm thinking of going to this place, and you're not really sure. And I experienced this personally. And then the fans are all in the tizzy, even if the person's not going to go there. And you know it. You still, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm sitting there one time going, well, I know that's not going to happen. I, I just got off the phone with a guy, and he says, no way. And uh, But you wind up paying. And more and so it, it, the number one problem for me is to figure that out because that'll kind of put the pressure down. I don't know if you can take the what's it called the put the tube put the pa- toothpaste, toothpaste back, in, back the, in the tube not the tube back in the toothpaste, but um, that's going to be difficult. But that is something that I'd try to fight for if there and it's and it's you know pie in the sky. Uh, maybe after Romney. Uh, uh, gets off all the what I think is phony heat he's getting, that maybe he could do that, and then figuring out how to pay the players. What what's difficult for me is everybody says you got to figure out how to get the players more. I agree, most people agree, but how are you going to do it? And if you take it away from a college, people aren't going to go watch a semi-pro team, or a faculty's not going to want to have employees, you know, that aren't going to class or school. And then it, every time you talk about ads are trying to figure out how to. How do you do it with your women's sports with a federal law? And everybody, the pundits, are like, oh, just do it. Just pay them. And going, well, I don't want to go jail. And, you know, so I would love to have, you know, uh, the the, uh, image and likeness is a no-brainer. Just do it. You know, and if you can advertise it, Ace Trucking Company makes some money, God bless you. Yeah. You know, I don't have any problem with that at all. What I have is trying to figure out how you're going to pay your third-string offensive linemen. Right. How are you going to distinguish that? And but and isn't that the gonna, money isn't that going to be different based on whether you're in the SEC or the Pac-12? The Pac-12 or the Mountain West? The Mountain West or the Big Sky? It will be for the um, uh, you know, NLI stuff. But at the end of the day, we're well, never going to have as much money in Alabama. But we beat them. And like we said off air, they got to go twelve and zero. We got to go you know nine and three and have a great year and slap five and feel great. So. 
you know, I mean, uh, money's different everywhere. Plus, I'm, they're I mean, already getting it. I told Beth Lanier about my last year when we lost in the fifth set against Texas, and I said, if we only had another $90 million, we could have won that fifth set. <laughs> <laughs> that was a turning point. It was a $90 million, you know? So, <laughs> I thought, God. And I think some of the big schools, before we go, I think faculty are going to start, which may mitigate some of this. They're going to be looking at, you know, Texas having $150 million in a reserve fund and say, wait a minute. We sliding can't hire the – yeah. So I think there's going to be some sliding. I really do. I think that would be a, a, a great benefit to us. It would put pressure on some of the schools to spread the money out. Some schools are supporting like 30 teams and some are supporting right. like 16 or 18. Right. If some, especially in the Power Five, because the finances are different for everybody else. But for the Power Five, if they mandated a certain number of for, sports, it would force you to spread right. some of the money out. I think you're absolutely right. And but nobody wants to add programs. They just asked Tom Homo, and he's like, "Yeah, there's really no enthusiasm in college sports for that." Is this? Yeah. And he's right. There isn't. Yeah, I, we added, we we added uh, lacrosse, and I don't know. You know, I thought to myself, "Okay, why am I creating another problem for myself?" But the model for the Pac-12 and the model for the Big Ten is more sports. Mm-hmm. The S is like minimum sports. Minimum sports. So then they're spending, you know, $350 on a tennis coach. $350,000 on are, a tennis coach. They have softball coaches flying on yeah. private jets to recruit. Right, right. Making a quarter of a million bucks. Right. And I just hope that, you know, there's a not, there seems to be a lot of athletes in the western part of the country. Of course, football's, you know, dropping in the west more than it is high school, more than it is around the country. Although it's mm-hmm. dropping in most places. But not the good players. Yeah. Well, Chris, congratulations well, on you. the award. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching cool. halftime of the Cal game. You'll get that. And thanks for coming in and talking college sports with us. I love it. So thank you very much. It's much more relaxing. Went to bed <laughs> an hour after the game, not four. <laughs> yeah, All, right. Nice. All right, DJ and PK, we're all done. We're brought to you in part by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only three fifty nine per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Tony and Austin are up next.